morning. Want to share from verse 1 through 6? Isaiah spoke of the depth of your trial, the deep waters, verse 3. The word is plural. It means there will be more than a few challenges we will face in life. Isaiah is reminding us that they shall not overwhelm you. In other words, he's saying that you will not look like much when you get there, but you're going to make it. He goes on to say that we'll go through the fire, but you won't be burned. Good news. Why? Because what God has promised. He goes on and tells us the great promises or reasons for rejoicing in time of trial. First, God says, I will be with you in verse 2. It matters little uh, what you face when you know he's alongside to guide, comfort, and sustain. Then he said, the river will not drown you. Uh, then he says, you will not be burned. Remember the three friends in the furnace and of our God who delivered them will take you through your trial as well. God says in verse 4, you are precious in my sight. Think about that for a moment. What makes something precious? Diamonds are said to be precious stones, but something that is precious usually comes with an emotional attachment. What may be precious to someone may be junk to you. This means God cares about us. God says you are honored. That's what grace is about. What God does for us that we don't deserve. Finally, God said, I love you. That's the entire message of New Testament in these three words. I love you. While we may not sometimes really understand, why would a mighty God love someone like us? But this is the truth we need to continue to embrace daily. It's why God sent His Son to provide a way of forgiveness and cleansing and hope. It's the best news we need to hold on to facing any trials. Verse 18 through 19, I was thinking, By the grace of God, let's remember not the former thing. At least not remembering them in a way that traps us and stifles us from being able to move with God into the being a part of the new thing He's trying to do in us and through us as a church. Although there's time and place to recollect past events to glean its wisdom, we don't stay there. Don't expect past victories to sustain us. The past is a great place to learn from, but it's a terrible place to live in. Some of us hang on to our baggages, unresolved issues, failures, negativity for too long. Learn from them and let them go. Psalm 32, 5. It says, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. If we live in the past, we will never embrace the future God has in store for us. And he does as we are going through a transition time. Uh, as, he, as we begin new ministry, moving into new city, going back to life after COVID. This is not a call to forget and neg negligent about the real issues, concerns, and burdens, uh, both personal and ministry-related, that we are all carrying, but to be ready to perceive the new things God is doing. God says in verse 19, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. You do, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And lost in the wilderness, especially with tall trees at night, feels hopeless and lost. But to find a clear path is so reassuring and hopeful that we'll get to where we want to be. God tells us that He will make a way in that wilderness of challenge, frustration, pains, and fears. And dry and thirsty desert, in wanting to give up because we feel spiritually, emotionally dry. God promised that He is going to provide an unexpected supernatural source of refreshment like a river in the desert. Uh, with believing prayers, be on the lookout for those rivers in desert, the unexpected, the divine ways God will refresh our souls, will often come through steps of obedience, even when we feel spent physically and emotionally. 
So from this passage, uh, what is God's intention for His people? Verse 7, it says that we were created for His glory. Verse 10, that we are His witnesses. And verse 27, that they might declare my praise. So God lays out the case that He is the Creator and that we are formed for His glory. We are His witnesses and chosen servants. He also says that He will protect us and help us through our difficulties. And from God's defense here and the case that he lays out, we can tell man's problem might be. The crux of the issue is here in verse 22, where it says, Yet you did not call upon me, O Jacob, but you have been weary of me, O Israel. Israel has not been calling upon God. It has been weary of God. So what might be the reason that Israel is not turning to God? From the passage, I think the reasons might be because difficulties of their lives that is leading to fear. God keeps saying to them, fear not, I am with you. Verse 2, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, and the flame shall not consume you. And I think another might be because they don't see a way out of their problems. But God says that I will make a way in the desert. Verse 19, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And lastly, God talks about how He will blot out our transgressions and He will not remember anymore. Sometimes it's our own guilt and shame that says I am disqualified to come before God because of my awful, shameful sins. But God says I am not going to remember your sins anymore. Verse 25, it says I am He, blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Okay, that's all we have today. Hope you have a nice day. Bye-bye. Bye.